has been in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me, there my burden soul found liberty at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I learned, then I trembled at the law I'd spurned, till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me, there my burdens hope and liberty at Calvary. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan, oh, the grace that brought it down to man, oh, the mighty gulf that God did spend at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me, there my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. And now, now I've given to Jesus everything, now I gladly own him as my king, now my raptured soul can only sing of Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me, there my burden hope and liberty at Calvary. That's good singing if you'll take your Bibles tonight to the book of James, James chapter number one, and uh, in preparation for revival and what we want God to do amongst us, building a glorious church, amen, and uh, James chapter number one, and of course in James chapter number one, we find the intermingling of trials and the exercise of faith, amen, in chapter number one, we see uh, several things. First of all, we see uh, trials and the power of faith in verses 1 through 4. In uh, verses 5 through 8, we see the resources of faith. And then in uh, verses 9 through 11, we have the realization of faith. Verses uh, 12 through 15, the conquest of faith. And then of all of those things, we see the result of faith in verses 16 through 27, amen? Faith plays a very amidst cornerstone in our exercise of our Christian life. Everything that we do as a Christian is built around faith, amen? God says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, amen? That means that there is a perseverance involved in faith. We look forward for God to do some things that we don't visually see. In fact, faith has the strength of faith is for you to be able to claim something by faith that doesn't exist 
and doesn't even appear to exist. In fact, uh, if uh, uh, everything be truthfully told, the depth of your faith is to be able to see God do something in the eyes of faith when it appears like that is the last thing that can ever happen, amen? Now, I want you to know what we have been praying for God to do in the church, our desire to build a glorious church and, and see God do some amazing things. It will take faith, amen? And it'll take being able to see God doing some things before we ever see the appearance of it with our eyes, amen? Uh, and we can do that because God's laid out in his word many different promises that we have to claim, many principles that he's laid out as the procedure that we should follow, amen? And I want you to know if we'll follow what God says and believe God to do it, God will bless, amen? And it takes a corporate effort, amen? One person exercising faith, their effort can be short-circuited by the doubts of others, amen? That's why when Jesus was getting ready to perform task of faith, when, uh, when he moved into a room, he moved out the doubters, amen? The doubters will hinder the work of God. The doubters will get in the way. And I want you to know God wants us to get out of the way, amen? God, now listen, I, I don't believe that you shouldn't be here. I believe you should be here, but you should exercise faith, amen? Uh, listen, I, I tell you what, listen, God wants to do a work on our hearts. And if it's anything, it's to get our eyes looked and focused upon him. The first verse uh, in, in the book of James is an introduction. I want you to see the Bible says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, and he gives his greeting. So we know the writer is James, but he doesn't add as he could have done, the brother of the Lord. It would have identified his person at once, and being the Lord's brother, he had a perfect right to call himself this, but he didn't, amen? Therefore, all over in the book, it shines forth the hum humility of this servant of God, amen? In other words, he didn't boisterous him his way into the aspect of this book, but rather he presents his humility. I want you to understand, God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble, amen? Uh, and uh, he humbly comes and approaches himself in writing this book for the Lord Jesus Christ. Then not only that, we notice he gives the greeting, which is common, grace and peace. And uh, those are used as a greeting sent out of respect uh, from the apostle issued in the council of Jerusalem, grace and peace, amen. Uh, if anything, you know, we need grace and we need peace, amen. And thank God for it. Then the practical character of this letter is uh, very apparent. Look at verse number two. My brethren, he's addressing the 12 tribes scattered abroad, facing various different is issues and circumstances. And he comes to verse number two, and he says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That idea of diverse is various kinds of temptation, amen? Uh, various kinds of testings. You and I will be tested, not maybe in the same way, but we will be tested. Our faith will be challenged, amen? And if faith is important for us, it's a core value to us, then we need to make sure that we have strong enough faith to be able to endure whatever comes our way and whatever challenges it, amen? 
uh, listen, it's, uh, uh, it's not a matter of the fact that you won't be challenged and you're better for it. No, the best thing that you can have for you is for your faith to be challenged, but greater still is the way you respond to it when you are challenged. Amen. So he gives them the uh, instruction to count it joy. Amen. I don't know very many people get excited, jump up and down because they've had trials. Amen. I haven't uh, yet seen somebody say uh, in testimony time, Preacher, I've been challenged this week. I'm so excited about it. I feel much better because I have. No, a lot of times we play dodgeball with being tested, don't we? We try to avoid it at all costs, amen? But I want you to know, the more you try to avoid it, the more it'll come your way, amen? We can't dodgeball uh, trials and afflictions and testings because God knows you need those, amen? Listen, if it were true, there'd never be a book of Job, amen? Job came because God knew that the strength of Job's faith would come as it was challenged. Not only that, we would not see in the book of Genesis the character of Joseph. Joseph was very greatly tested in various kinds of ways, and through it all, he honored God in the midst, amen? If it were true that, uh, that listen, we didn't have to go through challenges and trials, then there would be no book of Daniel with Daniel in the lion's den, amen? Why would God allow such a thing, amen? And people today are the same way. Out, uh, outside the context of the Bible, uh, with trials come and, and afflictions come and people say, where's God in the midst of all that? Well, I want you to know God's in the same place he's always been, amen? God ain't left us because you've been tested. God ain't uh, left you because you've been tried and trialed and challenged. God's still the same God yesterday, today, and forever, amen? God's still there for, and someone said, well, for all the people that lost their lives or all the people that lost their homes or all the people that had to go through various trials and temptations and uh, struggles and all of that, where's God in the midst? God's always where he is. God's waiting for you to grow up in the faith. Huh? I mean, listen, don't, uh, don't whittle down and, uh, and dwindle down. That's not what you need to do, amen? Uh, there's a lot of people who when they, uh, they're doing good in their faith until they're challenged. Immediately when the tri uh, trial and challenge come, they drop out. Sadly, over my experiences in the faith, I've seen a lot of dropouts, haven't you? Boy, I'll tell you what, I, I never rejoice when I see somebody drop out on God. I've always sent the message, it's always too soon to quit. Had they stayed just a little bit longer, they might have realized the goodness and grace of God. You see, if you're looking down in verse number 17, the Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God gives good gifts. Sometimes those good gifts are measured in ways that man wouldn't consider good. All things work together for good to them who love God. That means everything that God sends your way, he makes sure it can work out for good. It's just that you need to respond rightfully to it so it can, amen? And so we understand the importance of faith. Here, obviously, uh, was a people who were greatly challenged, amen? They were people who had understood the difficulty these were believing Jews who had accepted the Lord Jesus they were brethren amen 
The first uh, epistle of Peter, which is also addressed to believing Hebrews, tells us the same story. They were in heaviness through manifold temptation, amen? And in 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, their faith was severely tried as of a fire, the Bible says. James exhorted these sufferers to uh, not to be grieved or disturbed over the trials, but to do the same thing, to count it as joy, amen? Now, you do something in exercising your faith, you count it joy next time you're tried. Next time that the afflictions come, and by the way, he mentions fire, which meaning a fervency, a grievance, amen? That fire is intense, amen? And when the intensity of the trial comes, that's when you need to thank God because God will be there in the midst. If Listen, we never know the grace and goodness of God have we no, no intense trials we suffer and face. God is good, amen? All the time, God is good. God is good all the time, amen? And we can't look back and, uh, and we can't question the goodness of God. We've got to go on and believe that God, every trial that's ever sent, that God will work them through, amen? James exhorted these sufferers to work through their trial and trust God. These trials were the evidence of their sonship, their relationship with God, and they had a reality to their faith, amen? Let me ask you a question. When the trials come, is your faith real? Faith that's real will exercise itself in the midst of intense trials and afflictions. Those trials and afflictions can come from many sources, amen? Those trials and afflictions can come from within. You know, we still have the downfall in nature, amen? And that downfall in nature will, will uh, reject the trials and reject the temptations. Your flesh will cause you the biggest troubles you'll ever face. But then if you can get over the troubles and trials of your own flesh, amen, then you, uh, then you understand that people around you will be a challenge to you and your trials can not only be from the flesh, they can be from your friends. And friends has the idea of anybody, really. Some people aren't so friend, uh, friendly, though they would call you their friend. Some people are neighbors who tries to cause you all sorts of grief, huh? Some people are down the road in your neighborhood and others just around about, amen, people, amen. The flesh can cause you trouble. Uh, the friends can cause you trouble. Let me say family can cause you trouble, amen. I mean, family doesn't understand your walk of faith sometimes. Sometimes you're trying to do for God what you best you can and family just doesn't get it. And I think that sometimes hurts greatly. Not only that, but then... The, uh, the foes, amen, those who are your enemies, so to speak, the ungodly crowd out here that questions you and troubles you, and, and always, uh, they're the God deniers, and they come in all sorts of fashions, but then just the world in general, we see a culture around us caving in to compromise, compromising to all those who don't want to live godly in Christ Jesus, and then there's the circumstances of life, amen, and the circumstances can challenge us and cause trial. Well, I want you to know faith must be tried. The trial of, its, uh, the trial of faith worketh patience. That idea of patience is endurance. Being able to endure. You watch a distance runner run, amen. That starting point isn't their troubling spot, amen. That first appearance of their 
challenge is not the trouble spot, but when they go around in the circle of that arena, when they get close into the final stretches, amen, uh, they're so exhausted, they're so worn out, and mentally it becomes a challenge for them to say, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to cross that finish line. And uh, it's hard to finish uh, when you see so many above you and in front of you. Amen. And sometimes you feel like I'm so far a failure, I need to quit. But go ahead and quit. You'll, ca you'll be in the crowd. Amen. There's a crowd of people who've quit on God for various reasons. But God said, listen. The true test of your faith is that it has endurance. True test of your faith is that no matter what comes, you won't drop out. Amen. The word uh, of endur the endurance has its idea in a perfect work. So the believer continues steadfast in the endurance that he has. Amen. This is an idea of a perfect faith that lacks nothing. Well, God doesn't want us to be unequipped. God wants us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But we have to go through an endurance of testings and endurance of trials. And to get where God wants us to be, there's a host of trials from point A to point B. And if we'll go through them, we'll be a strong Christian. Amen. The word perfect has the misinterpretation sometimes as a perfect a perfection or sinlessness. But it just means a complete work. You know that song that says, he's still working on me. We are a project in course, amen. We're a workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. The time that when God sees you and I completed and a finished product is the time that God calls us home, amen. And someone said, the older you get, that just simply means that you're a bigger project than some others. You see, somebody, somebody questions when a young person's life is taken. But in truth, that young person was a perfect work at that age. And God said, you, you don't need no more work. And brings them home to heaven. You know, listen, that's comforting to a family who's lost a, a young person. But I want you to know, listen, we're a work in progress, amen? For God to get us where he wants us to be. We've got to go through the affliction and through the challenge and through the trouble spots that we go through. Don't quit on God. Amen. I want you to know that faith is the power to suffer and to endure trials and testings. That means that we need a stronger dose of faith. We need more faith than when we walked in this building and for all the years we've ever been saved and tried to build up the faith and, pro, uh, and develop the faith in our life, we need more of it. Because our faith is like a gas tank and we get drawn of faith. And so we need more. I like what one person said about the midweek service. He said, he said thank you, Lord Jesus, for uh, filling our tanks tonight in the midweek service. Keep us going throughout the week. Some people go from Sunday to Sunday and their life shows it. There's others who they can't get enough of God, amen? Well, I'll tell you what, I look forward to this week of revival because I need my faith. I need my tank filled, amen? I go out here and someone will say, uh, I, I can charge hell with a squirt gun. They might think that, amen? But you can't, uh, you can't charge a burning building uh, with a little pedal gun, amen? You, I mean, you need a shotgun full of water flashing on that fire, amen? 
And I want you to know, sometimes we get overwhelmed in that. But I'm saying to you tonight that faith is the power to suffer and to endure trials and testings. With that in mind, and since faith is so powerful in order to do that, let's consider in the message tonight how to build up this faith, amen? How to strengthen that faith, how to get more of it, amen? Read with me, if you will, in verse number 18 and verses in following. The Bible says, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Verse 23 says, For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful doer, uh, forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. I answer verse 25 with this question, how blessed do I want to be? I want to be blessed, folk, amen. And I understand that in order to get the blessings, there's some things that I got to go through. There's some challenges. And according to the context of chapter number one, God has to work on my faith in order to get me to the place where I can be blessed of him, amen. And you and I need to understand that life's challenges are only to bring us to the point of God's blessings. You never get there an artificial way. You see, a lot of people, they want to go the easy way. There is no easy way to the God's blessings, amen? All through the chain of history, God's people have been challenged. God's people have been in the minority. Things have not always looked good for the home team, amen? There's been some times where things look pretty rough. But I want you to know, as rough as it gets, God is building up your faith so that he can bless you, amen? And I want you to keep that in the context of your mind as we work through this in the next couple minutes, amen? In verse number 18, he says, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. And I draw attention emphasizing this idea of the word of truth. The word of God is what builds us up. The word of God is what fortifies our faith and gives us the depth of faith and the, and the decision of faith, the resolve of faith, amen? I want you to know we need the word of God more than we need anything else, amen? And so we need to learn through the word of God to build ourselves up. Again, looking at verse number 25 in context of the word of truth, he says, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... I don't know about you, but that word of God is a perfect and complete book, is it not? There's nothing incomplete about the word of God. There's no, nothing uh, misinterpreted. There's no false truth in that. God's book is a perfect book, amen? God's book is able to save man's soul perfectly, amen? People think that you need the word of God and then something. No, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, 
And the Bible says faith uh, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And the word of God is the word of truth. So God, through the word, builds up our faith. Amen. As we hear it. And so I say, the Bible says, looking into this perfect law of liberty, there's nothing imperfect about this book and continuing therein. You see, there's the problem, amen? There's people who get started in this book and they don't stay in it. Huh? Uh, there's people who have resolved and for a while went well. Isn't that what the, the parable of the seed and the sower talks about? There's some who go well and then all of a sudden they wobble at the wheels. The reason why? They've gotten out of this book. I want you to know that, listen, you get out of this book and you'll be lost in a cause. You get out of this book and you'll be like the wind tossed to and fro and you'll lose sight of your purpose. You'll lose sight of direction. You'll lose sight of God's help and God's guidance, amen. I want you to know you need to stay in this book. Continuance, amen. Notice he says continues therein. He being not a what? Forgetful here. How many people have walked with God for a time they used to have a time where God would cheer them up, where God would encourage them. Oh, used to have a time when God spoke to their heart and they said they'd do some things for God, but then they started wobbling at the wheels and they got away from that. And now they're struggling in their lives, amen? The reason is, is because they didn't continue. Oh, there's something, there's power in this book, the word of truth, amen? We need to stay in this book, Amen? He says, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Now I want you to understand being in continuance with the word of God, as God shows you what you need to do, immediately you need to respond to God and do it. Amen. Remember that James is sending this letter out to people, to the believers who are scattered about their challenges, their testings are various and of very kind. And he said, you need to know, you need to continue. You need to keep on going. You need to hear this and know what you need to do next. You see, God doesn't always show us way down the road. It'd overwhelm us if we knew what was down the road. But God shows you the next step. God says, whatever challenges come your way, you need to stay focused on him. I like the way the Apostle Paul said it in Philippians chapter 3. He said, it's minding the same rule. The same rule that got me this far in the Christian life is the same rule that will keep me going. I wish I could say that I stayed on that principle, but there's been times even in my own where I've got my eyes off the Word of God and I've tried to deal with situations in my own understanding, in my own ways, and all of a sudden I lose sight of the hope and I lose sight of the purpose and, and I get misguided. And, and I'll tell you what, listen, it's easy to get down. But I want you to know the best thing you can ever do is realize you got away and get back in that book. Boy, what a difference that'll make, amen? Continuing back in that book, amen? I like that one uh, radio show, Back to the Bible. Boy, I tell you what, we need to get back to the Bible and back to the basics of principles of walking as a Christian. Then the Bible says, be a doer of this work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Oh, thank God that God helps us. God gives us a word of truth that'll help us. Amen. And I'm preaching for just a little while on a scripture built faith. 
a scripture-built faith. May I say to you that a scripture-built faith listens to the voice of verse 19. In chapter 1 of James, verse 19, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to what? Hear. God give us two ears and one mouth. We're a lot of times swift to talk. We're a lot of times, even in our mind, the voice of our mind tends to get ahead of ourselves. And we try, uh, we try to take God and say, God, you're going to follow me. Instead of saying... God, give your, get a hold of your principles and let you follow. Huh? I say you listen. We don't need to tell God what to do. God already knows what he's doing. By the way, people who bow themselves up to God and try to guide God and try to dictate what God does and how God is, people, people today trying to redefine certain things out of the book or uh, a book and say what God, what's okay in God's eyes. Listen, if God said it's not okay, it's not okay. Saying He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He ain't changed. Man has, but He hasn't. I want you to know we need that Bible says swift to hear. We need a readiness to hear the Word of God. If we realize that life has affliction. Life has challenges. I need to, when I face trials and afflictions, I need to have strength of faith. If I realize that, then I am greedy to hear. I want to hear what God has to say. This week in revival, I'm looking forward to what God has to say because I understand I need it. Oh, how we hear has a direct effect on our faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing. If we're not listening, God can't speak. If we're not here, God will speak, but we'll miss it. Well, we need to be ready to hear. God has something to tell us this week. God has something to say to us, amen? He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God says. Well, thank God that the Spirit of God won't pass us by. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Consider me, God, in this revival. Don't speak to my, don't just speak to my brother or sister in Christ. Oh, Lord, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh, Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. God, I need you. I need to hear a direct, has a direct effect on my faith. Then the source of what we're ready to hear has a lot to do with the, the readiness of our faith. We hear the Reader's Digest or we hear uh, the national news or we hear the local news, or something else uh, that gets in our way. A lot of times we're so meditating on that. Whatever happened to meditating on the scriptures, amen? Well, you read uh, Psalm 119, that's a, all over that is meditate on the scriptures, the word of God, amen? Develop a love for the scriptures, a life built in the scriptures. Then the Bible tells us, amen? tells us that we ought to give heed, the more earnest heed, to the scriptures. Meditate day and night. Oh, what peace we often forfeit, all because we meditate on the wrong things. Well, it would be good for us to just get our lives back rooted in the scriptures, amen? Be ready to hear what God has to say. And then how we hear says a lot about our faith with God. We're of God, little children. We're to listen. 
The Bible says, in fact, Jesus said in John 10 and verse 16, Jesus said about his sheep, they'll hear his voice. They'll be ready to hear. There are basically three kinds of listeners. Those who are slow to hear. Those are ones that never really give any second thought to the scriptures. They hear what's said and then it's here today and gone immediately. They never meditate upon what they just heard. That's why I believe it's good to take some notes, amen. If anything, take note of the scripture and the mess, the title of the message, amen. Give chance for God to speak to your heart, amen. The trouble is, is that we've got other things that are minded on and we don't get what God has for us, amen. Boy, I want you to know, listen, God wants us to hear, amen. The sad thing is it comes to pass most of the time. The second thing that we see, the second type of listener, is those who are selective in what they hear. They only hear what they want to hear, and they try to assimilate it accordingly. Try to break this down and say, well, this is right for me, and this is maybe, maybe it'll be relative for somebody else. Listen, when God speaks, he's speaking all the counsel of God. That's why he tells a preacher, preach all the counsel. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. In other words, there's times where you need various things in, uh, to be spoken to and you need God to speak them, amen, and not to be uh, selective, but every word of God is perfect and applicable according to your need, amen. What do I see of this? The need to listen and the need to submit in the listening. The third thing is that God wants each of us listeners to be seeking the truth in what we hear. This kind of listener was found in Acts chapter number 10. If you'll go there for just a moment, Acts chapter number 10. We find somebody who demonstrates the kind of listening that God wants us to have. Amen. Look down, if you will, Acts chapter number 10. Look down, if you would, at verse number 30. God tells us there, the Bible says, And Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in the bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are had in remembrance of the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call thither Simon, whose surname is Peter, he is lodged in the house of one Simon, a tanner by the seaside, who, when he cometh, he shall speak unto you. Immediately, therefore, I sent unto thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, we are all here present before who? And to do what? To hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Let me ask you something as we prepare for revival. Brother Harper will be here. Have you prayed that God, in God sending Brother Harper to us, he's got a message from the Lord. Hallelujah. But have you prayed and said, Lord, bring him the message that I need. Lord, I, I know during that preaching you're, you have things for me, but Lord, bring a message through him to me and to my heart. Speak to me, Lord. God, don't let this revival come where I don't listen to you and miss the truth of what you have for me. May I say to you a readiness to hear. But then look at verse number 21. Back in the book of James chapter 1. The Bible says wherefore lay apart all filthiness. 
and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. May I say to remove that which hinders. The Bible told, speaks of it as laying it aside, putting it beside you and ignoring it. Amen. An original idea of filthiness is the individual who, excess, who wears excessive earwax that cannot be helped. Amen. And it indicates James speaking to Christians in this same context, those who uh, still had sin left over in their past, who never dealt with certain areas. And I want you to know we need to lay them aside. In other words, we need God to address those in our lives and lay them aside, not ignore them, but deal with them and get them out of the way. And so God may point out something to help us in the idea of removing that which hinders me from building up my faith. Faith can't be strengthened when sin is tolerated. We need to get rid of sin, amen, and get rid of it immediately. Seems that sin left over from the past will be a hindrance, amen. Sometimes our repentance lacks the severance from the past. Something that uh, hindered you in the past causes you to stop short of your faith in the present. God wants to give us total victory, amen. Oh, God wants you to overlook, not to overlook the hindrance of sins left, left undealt with. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, in verse number 1, the writer exhorts laying aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let God deal with every area of your life as he brings the message so that your faith could be strengthened. Amen? So we see the first thing is that we need a readiness to hear in order for our faith to be developed. We need to remove that which hinders us in order for our faith to be developed. Remembering it's the word of faith that brings this about. That's the avenue. But then to receive the word of God in our hearts. Look at verse 21 again. The Bible says to receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. In order for the word to affect us, it must be implanted in us. Amen. The implantation has the idea of being uh, drawn deep. Amen. The fact is, is that the word of God is most of the time on surface, but it never goes deep in the life of individuals. And I want you to know if this word of truth can strengthen our faith. And listen, we don't need a surface faith. We need a deep faith in God. Rooted and grounded, amen? That means that's just like that person that plants seed. They don't embed that seed to the top. Rain like this would wash it away and it never take root. <clears throat> Listen, it's possible. I, I went, when I was a young believer, I went to uh, Howells Anderson College and heard some good Bible preachers during the week. And I thought to myself, boy, if I got this kind of preaching all week long, there shouldn't be no excuse for me not to have some kind of essence of a Christian life. But I began to watch and wane and still there were people that were carnal. There were people that were uh, just as indifferent and fleshly and everything else. You uh, see them around there and I, I said, how in the world can somebody leave something like that and be untouched and unchanged? It's because they had a surface word, but that word never got to the heart and never got deep, amen? I want you to know God wants us 
to go deep with the word of God. In Psalm 119 and verse 11, he says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word's not only on the surface, it must go deep, amen? The parable of the sower, and I don't have time to go through it, talks about the different uh, depths of and effects of the, of the seed of the gospel. But I simply say to you that we need to have a depth, amen? And then may I give you the last thing tonight, amen, and I'm done. Look at verse number 22. The Bible says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. You know, the sad thing is that people sit in services, God speaks to their heart about an area of their Christianity and their walk and their witness, their worship and their way. And God deals with them about something in that manner and they never do anything about it. Or they may hear it and they may get a little inspiration and say, yes, I need to address that area. Yes, I need to do something about it. And they walk out of the building. And as soon as they walk out of the building, they forgot exactly what they were going to do, their resolve. Till maybe two, three weeks later in the preaching, that comes up again. The Spirit of God speaks to their heart again. And they realize they need to do something about it. And they haven't yet. Boy, I want you to know, hey, that's the importance. When God speaks to your heart, folk, that's why the altar's here. Back in the olden days, those folks that went out in the woods and they heard the word of God in those uh, brush, amen, the, what they called the brush harbors. They, in fact, they wouldn't sit on padded pews. They'd sit on uh, tree stumps. And boy, when the word of God got a hold of their hearts, they were, they'd come down to the front pour their heart out to God and say, oh God, help me in this area you've spoken to me about, amen. And when they left in the, uh, from the woods and they left to go to their little places, their lives were touched and their lives were changed. They didn't walk out of the service forgetting what God spoke to them about. There's something, folk, I've been preaching it. There's something about coming forward and kneeling before God and if you can't kneel before God, at least come to the front, amen, and show God that you mean business to respond to Him, amen. Give Him the understanding that you acknowledge His speaking to your heart and you lift up your prayer to God and let God deal with you, amen. Boy, I'll tell you what, this week be a great week. Boy, it'll be a wonderful week to have your faith strengthened. Would you not look around you in the day and age in which we live and realize if I don't have strong faith, I'm going to crumble. I need you, Lord. God, I, I can't just put it on coast anymore. Society won't let me do that. I can't just coast along and everything be fine. I've got to have you. I've got to have the word of God developing my faith. I've got to have a scripture built faith. Is that what you've got tonight? A scripture built faith that's strong enough to endure the testings of the time? Or is your faith crumbling by the wayside? By the way, you may have had developing faith in the past, but you stopped developing it. And if you stop developing it, you're going to get weak. If you drive the car long enough and you don't put gas in the tank, I guarantee you, you'll run out of gas. You'd be on the side of the road. I got to a point at one point, I said, I'm re I refuse to put gas in this car until I absolutely need it.
It didn't take long, Miss Mabel, for me to say, I don't going to do that no more. You find yourself on the side of the road calling for help, and these people look at you kind of cross-eyed, and they say, well, why don't you keep gas in the car? Bless God, I'm not going to spend any more money in gas than what I have to. And you end up spending it anyway. And, and probably spending more because you got to pay the person who came out to get you. Rescue the perishing. Hey, folk, let's get a scripture-built faith. This week in revival, our preacher's coming. Would you pray and ask the Lord for him to have the exact messages that will help you in your faith and your walk with God so that you can be a strong Christian and face the afflictions and the trials and the testings that come your way? Oh, we, hey, listen, the best life is not one playing dodgeball with afflictions and trials. No. Remember James, he said, count it all joy. I can't wait to find somebody who'll stand up and say, thank God I got tested this week. Boy, I'm so excited. No, but at least you'll be able to say, I faced strong temptation this week and I faced a lot of adversity and difficulty but I just want you to know, thank God he gave me the faith to live through it. He gave me the strength to overcome it. Thank God a million times, amen, that we have a scripture, the word of truth, that can build up our faith. Faith cometh by hearing. And I'm looking forward to this week building my faith up because I see the world and the afflictions that are in my life. I need God. And so do you. Let's bow our heads together for prayer for just a moment. A scripture built faith. Friends, let me ask you something tonight. First of all, is your faith developed? Amen. Or if you, is your faith began? Amen. It's declared through the word of God as you have trusted and responded to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died for you, shed precious blood. And if you acknowledge him in the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and you've called upon his name and trusted him, can you raise your hand and say, that's been my experience? I heard the word of faith and I trusted Christ. God bless you all over the service. You say, preacher, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, as a Christian, preacher, I agree tonight, I need a scripture-built faith. And I'm looking forward to the, this week, the preacher coming. And I believe that God will send the messages I need through the evangelist this week. Preacher, I, I'm going to ask God to give me messages that will strengthen my faith for the trials and afflictions and testings that I'm about to go through and have been going through. Because I want a scripture-built faith in my life. Is that you tonight? My uplifted hand, God bless you. God bless you tonight. Say, preacher, I don't want to cave in. Preacher, I, I want to be able to be strong enough. I want my faith to be strong. Preacher, before the end of the revival week, I want to be able to say, I feel like I'm a stronger Christian for what I've heard. May God help us and may God bless us. As the pianist plays, would you acknowledge that to God tonight and ask the Lord to send as Cornelius did. He prayed that the Spirit of God would send the message through the messenger. Would you pray that tonight so that you can leave that week, this coming week, with a scripture built faith. May God bless you.